Welcome to the Guidance with Grace podcast. I'm Grace, a personal trainer and nutrition coach in college recreation and wellness here at Columbus State Community College. I'm here to bring you the facts about current health trends, debunk myths, and clear up misunderstandings about any and all health and wellness topics. Along with expert guests, my goal is to help you discover what wellness means to you and help you make the best decisions during your health and wellness journey. Let's get started. episode is inspired by the statement that I hear often from my clients and from students, and that is, it's the healthy foods that are the most expensive. Many people feel this way, and at times it is true. However, there are ways to save money and still eat healthy. Luckily, here at Columbus State, our School of Hospitality Management and Culinary Arts is full of experts that have great suggestions on just this topic. I first met Josh a few years ago and instantly knew that not only he has a passion for food, but also loves helping people find their way around the kitchen. Chef Wickham is the Senior Director of the School of Hospitality Management and Culinary Arts here at Columbus State Community College. He's been with Columbus State for almost 12 years and is a 2001 graduate of the hospitality program. Josh spent most of his career cooking and leading kitchens and country clubs with a short five-year stint at OSU with campus dining. Higher education administration is a relatively new endeavor for Josh, and so far, he enjoys it very much. So let's get locked in and get ready to take some notes because Chef Wickham has got a lot of great ideas to help you eat healthy on a budget. So tips for if you walk into a grocery store. I'm a big Aldi person. Mm-hmm. I was going to uh, recommend Aldi. It's, yep. it's a great yep. um, simplified because I think also having so many options can end up making you question yourself Absolutely. or buying more than you need. Yep. Um, so I, I'm definitely a not paid <laughs> to tell you guys that Aldi is great, but it is. It's a, it's a great way to save money. Um, but when you go into a store, what would you suggest – Students look for, you know, if you're on a budget, if you've got 15 bucks and you're trying to buy something healthy, what would your suggestion be, whether or not you're in Aldi? Yeah, so, um, you know, especially like when we talk about kind of the bigger retailers, when we talk about like the the very large stores, Mm -hmm. um, there is very much something to be said about staying on the exterior of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when you go and try to kind of visualize yourself in a Kroger, but the exterior of the store is where everything is that isn't processed, right? Mostly. Most of them. So, you know, all of your, all your meats and seafoods are on the exterior, all your dairy is on the exterior, all of your produce is on the exterior. It's not until we really start getting in those aisles where we really begin to see a lot of processed stuff, right? Or when we're in the freezer section. That's not to say that there aren't things in those areas that we want. You know, rice and beans are all internal shelf. Uh, Most of your baking and pastry supplies would also be internal. Um, But just being mindful and, and, you know, really spend the most time in the exteriors, right? And and use those interiors as necessary. Um, But don't don't rely on that stuff. Um, But I would say, you know, as far as vegetables that go a long way, you know, I, I focus a lot on density at this point because, right, we're, we're looking to mm-hmm. to feed ourselves. So when we start to look at our produce and stuff, like really 
kind of go to the root vegetables, you know, those root vegetables are dense sweet potatoes and um, carrots and turnips and parsnips and rutabagas. And then, you know, kind of move into the squashes where you've got like some of the small pumpkins, your butternut squash, your acorn squash. You know, those are, those are items that are generally speaking less in cost per, per pound with the density that a lot of the other stuff does not have. So, you know, look for those heavy vegetables, right? And then when it comes to cooking those, you know, do a little bit of research. Watch it, you know, bring Gordon Ramsay up right. on YouTube and watch yeah. him cut up a butternut squash. Mm -hmm. um, another trick um, for saving money is like when we buy chicken, right? Chicken is, is notorious for this. That um, the uh, when you when you're buying the parts, the sum of the parts are far greater than the <laughs> than the whole, right? Yeah. Um, so buy a whole chicken, and then when it comes time to to fabricate all this stuff or to process, again have a plan, right? Have a plan when you go into the into the grocery store. Like, all right, I'm gonna buy a whole chicken. Okay, mm -hmm. now I'm gonna make three meals out of this chicken. What do I want to do with it, right? So we'll do a chicken parmesan. With the breasts, right? So you take mm -hmm. them, you slice them out, you pound them really thin, mm -hmm. get great plate coverage, box of pasta, jar of sauce, cheese if you're feeling sassy. Right, yeah. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. If, you're, if you're living a little. Right. Um, relatively low cost. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that would be, you know, two chicken breasts and a box of pasta and a jar I of sauce. I say less than 10 bucks. And Easily. you get several and, meals and out of that. And you could probably get three to four meals out of that, mm -hmm. whether you're feeding three people or whether it's you eating chicken Parmesan three times. Sure. Right. Definitely under $10. Because mm -hmm. yeah. also reminding people portion sizes. Sure. You Absolutely. know, like the quantity in which we eat these mm -hmm. days, maybe thinking about scaling back to an actual proper portion. Yeah. And then that's how you get that many dishes right. out of what right. you were just talking because about. Because you don't have to eat the whole box of exactly. pasta, right? You know, you, you, or both chicken breasts. Right. You yeah. kind of meter it a little bit and you, you eat enough to do the job and then you kind of save the rest. And mm -hmm. now you've essentially doubled what, you know, what you would have normally spent on that. So, and then for the thighs and the legs, you know, you could easily, um, again, toss those a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper. You could sear them or you could roast that stuff off. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, maybe you don't eat all of that that night. You can take it up, chop up what's left, mm -hmm. make a stock with the, uh, with the, the chicken bones, right? right. The chicken back. and the, It's just adding into water and absolutely. letting it yep. simmer a little, bit, a little bit. Yeah, for a couple hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Strain that off and use that as a base for your soup. Mm -hmm. you know, or uh, some chicken and noodles, but really have a plan and, and intend to use everything that you buy. So one thing I was also thinking of uh, just now was buying in bulk. Yeah. So, and like, this is one of those, um, kind of the, one of the questions, like, is my, is my Costco membership worth it? Right. Because <laughs> right. like, that's where you go to buy the 30 pound box of strawberries. Mm -hmm. Um, which is great when you look at cost per ounce, right? Or cost per strawberry, you know, very affordable. But if you don't have a plan for those strawberries, you're going to end up throwing some away. Yeah. And if you throw them away, what was the point in buying them, right? Because you took your time to go to the store. You spent extra money on, on the strawberries. You drove them home. You spent time unpacking them. They took up space in your refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And you throw a third of them away, right? When you crunch the numbers on that, you were probably better off buying, you know, the smaller container. Like once you factor in all those other expenses and the time, was it really worth it? 
So when you do buy produce in bulk, specifically produce, um, you need to have a plan for that. How are you going to process that? Are you cooking it? Are you turning it into soup and freezing bags of soup? Are you processing it? You know, cut it into bite-sized pieces, steam it, freeze it. Are you canning it? Are you jarring it? Because all those are techniques to where you really can benefit from that cost per ounce break, right? When we talk about things like dried beans, grains, quinoa, barley, um, those are great to buy in, in bulk because they are stable. Right. Nothing's going to happen to them. They're not right. really going to go bad. They're not, they're not invincible, right? right? But, yeah. but they are much <laughs> it takes more... takes a lot longer. Yes. They're much more stable than a flat of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always recommend buying those in, in bulk, you know. So, you know, just make sure you have a plan. So when you do go set out to go shopping, as you start to put those ingredients in your, in your basket or in your bag, have a plan. And then that way you can make the most out of every dollar that you spend. So I think people get stuck on like, I have to buy fresh in order to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. So yeah, sure. So um, any type of processed tomatoes actually have a better lycopene count once they've been processed than they do prior to. And what is lycopene? Uh, lycopene is an antioxidant. It's just kind of good for, for overall health. Um, you know, and when we talk about frozen vegetables specifically, those are generally more nutritionally sound than anything that you would buy from the, the counter, right? From the mm-hmm. produce section. Because when they freeze those vegetables, those are, they're pulled from the fields and they are processed immediately. Like almost that day, they are packaged and in, in, in the freezer. And that does wonders for stabilizing a lot of the nutritional content. So those vegetables are peaked, are picked at the peak of harvest. And they are locked in through the through the fast freezing process. So, um, you know, they're generally extremely affordable as well, especially if you're buying store brand frozen cut vegetables. Right. Well, and they're already prepared, so exactly. you are saving time. Yep. You know, talking about saving money, your time is definitely worth something, especially as a college student. Absolutely. You know, you've got to make the most of your time, time management. I feel like you hear about that left and right. Like, you sure. know, you've got all these things going on. Save yourself some time. Yep. Have everything pre-cut. And frozen, ready for you to go. And a lot of them come in steamed bags. Yeah, absolutely. So you can just throw them in the microwave. So you just put it in the microwave. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's kind of another thing to um, to just kind of think about that when when you look at the cost of like let's say a bag of um, diced celery, carrots, and onions, something that you would use as like a base for a soup. Um, at face value, that that might look more expensive, right? But the fact that, like you said, it's all cut, it's ready to go, but there's also no waste. You know, you're not peeling an onion, you're not peeling a carrot, you're not, you're not cutting all that stuff up. It's just, it's all ready to go. It's 100% usable and your, your yield is much, much higher. Um, and like you said, you don't have to spend the time doing it. So um, I always have a pretty good selection of frozen vegetables in my freezer. Same. <laughs> um, I don't eat them as often as we do fresh ones, but they're there, they're stable if I'm in a pinch and I don't have a ton of time to cook, then I, I use them. And I Right. I or just like on a lazy day, you know, like Absolutely. I really don't feel like cutting all this yep. stuff. Or 
if you don't have sharp knives, right. you know, I have a whole bunch of knives, but whether or not they're sharp is a totally <laughs> different ball game. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, you don't really feel like doing dishes. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of advantage to getting things already prepared in some capacity. Absolutely. Um, I think where it gets a little sticky is like when you start to get pre-seasoned and flavored things, mm-hmm. then you start kind of trading off nutritional value Absolutely. a little bit. Uh, oftentimes when things are pre-seasoned and pre-flavored, pre-flavored you end up with like higher sodium yep. things like that so those are definitely things to kind of keep an eye out on because you don't want to you know like it's kind of like here and there is right. fine um but a regular habit of something you know you do kind of want to stick to seasoning your own things i would at least recommend that absolutely <laughs> well and like you know i i cook dinner at home um in my in my current position um i don't cook a lot for for work right i so I very much exercise my my creative um, cooking at home, and I do so usually four to five nights a week. Um, and one of my favorite things to do, and I do it almost every night to the point where it's boring, but I just roast vegetables. Just simply like yeah. take a Brussels sprout, cut them in half, toss them in copious amounts of olive oil, right? <laughs> um, and then salt and pepper, and you roast them at like 425 degrees, until they are brown, and I always try to separate some of the leaves out on purpose. Yeah, so, so they get a little crispy. So they get really crunchy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it couldn't be easier. Mm-hmm. You can apply that to broccoli, to cauliflower, to carrots, to mushrooms, to asparagus, anything. I'm also a huge fan of uh, natural seasoning blends. Yeah. Um, and there's they make wonderful salt-free blends, but to have those. Um, easily accessible in your kitchen. Like, don't hide them. Like, put them in a place where they're easy to grab because you're, you'll be so much more inclined to use them. And then when you, when you get a lot of those flavors from, from your spices and from your herbs, you rely less on salt and fat mm-hmm. to make things taste good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which ultimately, it can equate to cost savings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- I might... Uh, spices like on a little spinner right near my stove mm-hmm. and I have things already like whether or not I put them together like here and there I'll I'll put my own mixtures together yeah. but a lot of the times I'll get salt-free ones because mm-hmm. then you can add your own salt and control the amount absolutely um, and then just having them ready in your little spinner or yep. you know cabinet nearby yep definitely well and I think also if you have any tips on like flavor combinations mm-hmm. so um one of the ones that I've actually personally been liking recently is I grew lemon thyme okay. this past summer. And yeah. so I have some of that, but thyme is like one of my favorite seasonings to use. Um, well, herbs specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I can b- combine it with lemon, just juice, and I'll kind of like squirt that on the chicken or something. Yeah. Um, and then do like a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of garlic powder or fresh garlic. Do you have any combinations that you would recommend? So, I mean, I think that you're, I think you're all over it with the herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, the beautiful thing about, I mean, really the, the herbs that we would most commonly come in contact with, your parsley or maybe your scallions or thyme, oregano, uh, basil, like those, you really can't go wrong. I mean, there's, they don't not work. They, they all do kind of go together. They really do. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I would say the one thing just to be cognizant of is overuse by using too much of a of an herb. I've done that before. Yeah, and not all herbs are created equal as well, especially if you're buying them. I always recommend tasting some of my vegetables before I cook them. Mm. Because the broccoli that we buy this week does not necessarily taste exactly the same as the broccoli we bought two weeks ago. Same with berries, same with herbs. Like you said, time is notorious for being very, very strong. Mm -hmm. Not always. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, you know, eat one of those leaves, test it out, make sure it, you know, but I would say don't be afraid to experiment. Um, that's how you're going to really find and unlock those things that like work for you. Mm -hmm. um, I've made a lot of mistakes, sure. but that's how I figure yeah. it out is kind of giving myself a little bit of grace. Absolutely. And if I over seasoned, I just learned for next time. Right. Well, <laughs> I can't tell you how many unsuccessful projects that we've had over there at Mitchell Hall, but all of those are backed by learning experiences, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd like to say that like when things go wrong, that's when we that's when we really learn something, you know, like if you get lucky and it goes right, everybody's like, yeah, You're right. Job, Grace, perfect. But like, you kind of got out on that one, right? Right, right? Versus when it doesn't quite go right. And then you call the whole class around and we'll say, okay, what went this wrong here? Is what, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, don't, don't ever be afraid to, to take a little risk. Um, you know, we have the, the world at our fingertips nowadays with recipes um, it's almost too much. It is too much. It is too much. But there is almost a um, there's almost an art and science to like picking recipes online that are posted online because mm -hmm. whoever wants to post a recipe online these days can pretty much do it. Yep. So really find those um, you know the sources that you can trust that mm -hmm. their recipes are vetted. Um, it goes goes a long way into being successful. But as you start to cook and as you start to kind of make some of those mistakes or have some of those great successes and you begin to note those, you'll start to see that stuff in other recipes. Mm -hmm. You say, oh, I, I know for sure that I'm not putting my oven at 475 right. degrees. Or though, like this recipe has no salt or pepper. Right. You know, then yes. you can kind of learn your go-tos right. of like this is always going to be a good thing right or kind of being able to like do a little bit of reasoning through the recipe like did they miss something there right it says eggs here but there's no eggs here mm -hmm. and then you know not only does it not have eggs but it doesn't say how many you need mm -hmm. right so you know learning to catch that stuff before you get too deep mm -hmm. is uh is good but you will you won't ever do that without experimenting mm -hmm. so um and cooking is one of those things where you just have to you got to do it just because it's written down doesn't mean it's going to work or right. there's so many variables that can go, you know, like your oven cooks differently than my oven does. And, and then you move to a new apartment right, or and something everything is different. and it's totally different. Everything is different. I, that happened to me like a year or so ago <laughs> or a little over a year. We moved and totally different oven and like level eight on an electric stove at my old place is not the same as the other place. And yeah, it was definitely a little frustrating. But I do want to go back before I forget. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned like ways of cooking. So are there any kind of like easy, healthy ways? You had mentioned like roasting mm -hmm. your own vegetables and things like that. I've read at least for some vegetables, I can't for, for sure confidently say all vegetables, they retain their nutritional value a little bit more if they're roasted or steamed. Yeah, so um, like... I, rarely would I ever boil a vegetable. 
mm-hmm. right? To where you've got a big pot of boiling water and you put the Brussels sprouts in there and then you pull them out. There are very few applications at home that I would actually do that. Because anytime you take a vegetable and you submerge it into a large amount of water, you are going to lose nutritional value into that water. By roasting, you're not diluting. You're not going to dilute anything. You're not going to cook anything out. It, it essentially concentrates it versus washing it away. So steaming in the microwave is a good way to do it. But there's a couple different ways, you know, like, um, like we talked about earlier, a lot of the vegetables that you can buy in the freezer section are portioned out to where you can steam. You just throw them in the package that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, another way to do that is uh, just put the veggies in a bowl with a couple tablespoons of water in the bottom of the bowl, a little plastic wrap or even an upside down plate on top of the bowl if you don't have plastic wrap to kind of hold that steam in a little bit. Um, just be careful when you pop the top off because it, it really will burn hot. you. Yeah, steam is very, very hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, roasting, um, you know, sauteing or searing is another great cooking method to introduce a lot of flavor and caramelization and uh, kind of reduce some of that water activity to intensify flavors. Um, so, you know, uh, and again, just olive oil. I, I use so much olive oil. Uh, coconut yeah. oil is another good one to cook with. Mm-hmm. Um, nice so, for your, a beginner, too, because yeah. the smoke point's a little higher, yep. so it's not as easy to burn. Correct. Whereas, like, if you use butter, it's definitely yep. very easy to burn if very you're so. not really familiar with temperature yep. and stuff like that. Um, so I, I do like olive oil. I'm not sure where that is with the whole scale of smoke point, but... I don't feel like I burn things as easily yeah, with olive and, oil. And even, even extra virgin olive oil, you can get you can get pretty hot and cook in it. But you know, for just a general saute, it's it's fine to use extra virgin olive oil. It won't taste quite the same mm-hmm. as it does when it's raw, but you know, that's to be expected. Neither do the vegetables for that matter. Right. Right. But right. but like you said, you do need to be somewhat cognizant of heat when it comes to that. Yeah. Um and, and try to kind of stay away from the, the smoke. Right. Um, and you'll you'll know when you get there. Yeah, right. Hopefully not get there because I've definitely set off a fire alarm in my day. Yeah. But again, you know, it's all trial and error. Yep. You don't learn until you try. Well, I think that's all really a, a lot of great stuff. I definitely would encourage folks listening to attend some of the mixed classes you guys you guys have some coming up. Yeah, we have we have some posted. Um so ton of ton of vibrant offerings over there. Um and we would love to have everybody come and check it out. Right. And until then, uh, I think one of the big takeaways is actually having a plan that can actually save you a lot of money if you know what you're doing with your food so that you in turn don't have waste yep. and you're using the most of your time. Yep. And and I would say the, the kind of the other little tidbit that's really, really important is get yourself the high density plastic cutting board, mm-hmm. a half decent chef knife. Doesn't have to cost a lot <laughs> yeah. to, to be a sharp knife. I mean, you get a decent knife for 15 bucks. Um, and then a couple pans, a nice saute pan, um, a nice pot for cooking pasta or making soup in, and then a simple, uh, like cookie sheet for roasting, Mm -hmm. um, and that and a roll of foil and you're set. Well, thank you so much for coming. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me, Grace. This has been really cool. Yeah. So I appreciate it.